And here we go. That's right. You know what time it is. You've sauntered on into Red's line. And you can't go back. You can't even go forward. You're just stuck in limbo for a while. And that's where we like to call the Red's line therapy. Well. We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. If we win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. And boom! Guess what? The Reds won tomorrow, today, and they have a winning streak. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Reds have just swept the Miami Marlins. Now! Before you get all high and mighty on that big mountain in Red's land sky, in Red's country, this is kind of like being the tallest midget. So don't get all crazy because this Marlins team, they only allowed, they were only able to scrape together one run for three games. Now I know that the Reds have been shut out several times. So the Reds are right next door to the Marlins on the uh, proverbial uh, mat that you beat. But confidence builders are beautiful. And that's what the Reds got right now, my friends. Now, hey, your old Uncle Jared's been right about a lot of things. Sonny Gray pitched amazing. Guess how many walks Sonny Gray didn't have? He had zero. He didn't have any. Sonny Gray was pitching a great game, ladies and gentlemen. Four innings, two hits, no walks. And yeah, seven Ks. It might have been six Ks. I don't know. I lost track. But in the second inning, he got hit in the back of one of his legs. And I got to tell you, it uh, looked pretty bad for just a second. But he stuck in there for another two innings. And I think it got tied up on him because he got pulled out. He struck out six. I just verified. He lowered his ERA down to 2.03. Remember, this guy really struggled in the, in the second game of the season. Four walks, hit a batter, only struck out two. Didn't make it very far in the game. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the butterflies are over. He loves the Cincinnati Reds. His old pitching coach is the pitching coach, Derek Johnson. And Sonny Gray's spin rate looks so great today because I didn't have the analytics out. But that ball was spinning like a top all the way to home plate. And another thing. He only had 60 pitches through four innings. He was real efficient. But the one thing I want to tell you about the spin rate with Sonny Gray is, you know how I say that Tyler Molle pounds the zone and is always using those quadrants of the plate? Sonny Gray was all over the place, and that's how great he was. And I don't mean it all over the place in a bad way. I'm talking about the spin rate. That ball would come in on a left-handed hitter right at the very end, and it was a thing of beauty. They were missing left and right. I'm telling you, if you get a chance to go back and watch that game or watch some highlights, watch it in slow motion. Thing of beauty. Apparently, after four innings, 
the back of his leg had a contusion tightened up on him. I don't think he's going to be out for the count. I don't think it's going to affect him. This guy's riding just this crazy momentum right now. And I'm telling you right now, as long as Sonny Gray keeps pitching this way, and I know that's like Master Obvious, Captain Obvious, whatever the case may be, but as long as Sonny Gray keeps this up, I'm telling you, they got an all-star here. They got maybe a Cy Young contender with Luis Castillo here. And like I said, if they could just limit the walks, Male Castillo Gray is a great one, two, three punch. Now, what if they could bring in a real ace? And don't give me any problems about saying real ace. I'm just talking about trading for a Corey Kluber or, yeah, pulling the string on my Zach Greinke idea. I'm telling you what, I'm really interested to see Disco's next start. Because Tanner Rourke's up tomorrow. We all know that. And I hope Tanner Rourke can go seven innings because this four-inning stuff and this five-inning stuff just doesn't cut the mustard, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and that game that I said was tomorrow, they're going down to Mexico. That's when the game is. So, that'll be Tanner Rourke versus Adam Wainwright. And I don't even like Adam Wainwright. You all think I despise the, the Pirates, the Buckos. I do not like the St. Louis Cardinals, my friends. Now, I did like Greg Jeffries. I really liked that guy. He went for the Mets to the Royals and then played first base for the Cardinals. I really did like Jeffries. I'm not going to say I didn't, but that's besides the point. Now, let's get into this game. Sonny Gray is rocking and rolling, going through the motions, striking out batters left and right. Like I said, I was wrong. He had six Ks, not seven. But I don't really count that towards my 99.7 always being a right percentage. That's just a little error. So let's get past it, okay? Back to the game. Well, I want to tell you something about this game that's alarming. They had Jesse Winker out in center field, which is not a good idea. But I'll tell you about a highlight of highlights that happened in the fourth inning with the wink that was just beyond uh, baseball. I don't even know. It was almost like a wide receiver out there catching a touchdown from Tom Brady. I'm telling you, some crazy stuff happened in this game. Anyways, so Pablo Lopez is looking like Cy Young again, just like every other pitcher down the pike, Richards. Everybody's looking like Cy Young, except, you know, uh, Chen who give up 10 gopher balls or 10 runs and 4 gopher balls, whatever the case may be. Well, anyway, the Reds start stringing together some hits in the, uh, in the fourth inning. And uh, that was the bottom of the fourth. But back to that catch that happened in the top of the fourth, Sonny Gray's last inning. I'll tell you what, Miguel Rojas was the batter, the second baseman that struck that baseball that hit Sonny Gray's, uh, I think it was his left leg or right, I can't remember. Don't, that's not going to affect my world famous 99.7 degree always being right either. But anyway, top of the fourth. This is what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Sonny Gray sitting there. Facing Neil Walker. Now, you know how I feel about Neil Walker. He was the guy that hit the home run off of Mala yesterday. That shouldn't even count, okay? He's a former Pittsburgh Pirate. 
He drives this ball to the 404 mark in center field, and somehow, some way, Jesse the Wink got on a horse and goes out and catches this baseball like he's Terrell Owens or something, or Randy Moss. It was crazy. And then he did this little dance. I'm not going to lie, it was awesome. But back to this game. So then you have the bottom of the fourth coming up. They got this shift on Votto. He's like, oops, 0-2, oh 0-2 and two, oh and two count, by the way. And he oops this inside fastball off the, I'm telling you what, it was a skinny part of the bat, too. It wasn't in the meat of the bat. It wasn't in the middle of the bat. It was not the heart of the bat. It was like the, like going down a skinny part of the bat. And he oops this ball in the left field, opposite field, because they got these shifts on him. And uh, Joey Votto's just too good of a hitter. Well, he gets on. You got the wink on. By the way, the wink was on three times today. And I'm telling you what, when the wink gets going, that's going to that's gonna be why these Reds score all these runs. And they're going to be better because the Jesse, the wink, winker, is a great hitter. I've been bashed for years about talking about what the offensive potential of Jesse Winker. But I'm sorry, I just watch a lot of tape on these ball players when they're in the minors. And it just so happens that I knew about his wrist injury that no one even give any to, I don't want to even say the word, but they didn't care about it because they don't understand about, just trust me, they don't understand. So anyway, Wink was on three times today. Every time he turned around, he was on. To make a long story short, the week's on, Votto's on, Puig give this ball a ride. I thought he was going to, um, you know, it was almost a home run. It was almost awesome. But anyway, Suarez comes up, strikes the ball in, the wink scores, Reds up, one to nothing, bottom of the fourth. Okay, so that's when Sonny Gray, it's always sunny in Cincinnati now. Sonny Gray gets pulled, and guess who comes in? My old friend Robert Stevenson, the most misused prospect in the history of baseball, probably. And he comes in with a 1.69 ERA. He's only allowed one earned run over like five and a third innings. Guy struck out seven batters. Comes in to finish off the fifth. Well, basically start and finish the fifth. I would have let him out there for a little bit longer. I don't know what is going on with David Bell. He likes using four or five pitchers a game. David Bell, you're not going to last a season, man. You're not going to even get to the 4th of July with this bullpen the way you're going, man. Anyways, so Stevenson gets out of the inning, lowers his ERA down to the 150s. I think it's 153. Strikes out a batter unscathed. So then they get to the bottom of the fifth, and that's when the game kind of broke open a little bit. All right? Votto hits another opposite field um, single, or I think he actually made it to second because he drove in a run. He drove in the second run of the game. And uh, Wink was on base again. It's amazing how many how many times is Jared Roberts of Reds Nation number forty one ninety two going to be right? It's only like some kind of a miraculous ninety nine point seven world famous universally known ninety nine point seven percent of always being right collective. The Wink's always on. The Wink scores a run. Jo- Joey Votto. Gets only the second RBI, which is really kind of concerning. And that's why I'm not really a big fan of Joey Votto batting second. I really think he's got to bat third. They need another on-base percentage uh, 
hitter at the number two hole. And I'm really, really hoping when Senzel gets back up, Senzel will start leading off and they'll fix this. But I'm pretty sure that Votto is going to be the number two hitter for the rest of the year. Just because I know how this front office operates and the mandate that David Bell has. So anyway, let's go back to this game. So then, Wild Horse Puig, that's the Yasiel Puig's new name, Tucker Barnhart kind of give it to him. The Wild Horse drives a baseball, scores two more runners, two RBI double. Amazing. Wild Horse, we need to sign you to an extension because I think you're the new Greg Vaughn. You're the new Dave Parker. You're the best athlete, in my opinion, that's came to the Reds since Eric Davis. And no, I am not knocking my favorite player of all time. Well, third favorite player of all time. Ken Griffey Jr., Pete Rose, and George Brett are number one and number two. Joey Votto's climbing the list. But Yasiel Puig has a chance to be something special. And, man, when you watch Puig play, the passion that he's brought to this game and the passion that he's brought to this team is not even immeasurable, ladies and gentlemen. Puig, I think the Reds have a real good shot to sign this guy to an extension. And I really hope they just start the extension talks now and lock up right field basically for the next, you know, five or six years. The guy's 28 years old. I mean, just lock him up. Lock him up through the prime years of his career. I'm telling you, the guy is something special. We might see one of those 150 RBI seasons. Puig's got the magic. And I know you're like, why would he drive in 150? He's never even drove in 100. That's not the point. When you got Joey Votto and Nick Senzel in front of you and pick your pick, Scooter Jeanette or Suarez or whoever you want to throw in front of Puig, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. And Puig's got the innate ability to just drive in runs. Dave Winfield had it. Joe Carter had it. George Foster had it. A lot of players have this ability that when ducks are on the pond, man, they clear the bases. And I guess that's something that you analytical guys, and I believe in analytics, it's just something that the analytical guys, they don't even calculate. It's just so annoying. It's just so annoying, just like they don't even care about pitcher wins. But when a pitcher accumulates 18, 19, 21 wins, that shows you something, that they stayed in the game long enough to win it, that they gave their team a shot to win. There is more to this game than wins above replacement, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, we're up 4 to nothing, bottom of the fifth. And they roll on 18-wheeler. They bring out the loogie, Zach Duke. He pitches an inning. Then they bring out David Hernandez. Now that guy, they rode him two innings instead of Stevenson. I don't know why, call me crazy, but I wouldn't count on David Hernandez to pitch two innings against the Cardinals. I wouldn't count on David Hernandez to pitch those two innings against, you know, another formidable team. I dang sure wouldn't leave him out there against the Brewers in that lineup. But anyway, to make a long story short, God got through it. And then the weirdest thing happened. They're up five to nine. I guess it wasn't so weird. It's the top of the ninth, and they got Wandy Peralta out there. They don't even need Wandy Peralta on this team. They need Phil Irvin on this team. Oh, by the way, Phil Irvin's going to Mexico for that little Cardinal series. So you're going to see, you're going to have a Phil Irvin sighting. And man, oh man, I hope they pull this eight man reliever situation and kick it to the curb so Phil Irvin can stay with the team the rest of the year because this is craziness. Pure 
crazy train. Anyway, so the Reds close out this game five to nothing. Let's get to the good things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first off, you got to give props to Sonny Gray. Even though he didn't get the win, Stevenson got the win. Four innings, two hits, no earned runs. By the way, here's a here's some light from the heavens. Zero walks. I'm telling you what right now, my friends, that's the key to these starters. If they don't get these extra base runners, this team's dangerous. And I mean like John claude Van Damme, Bloodsport dangerous. I'm not talking about the later on films like Universal Soldier 2 or 3 or whatever. I'm talking about Bloodsport, Kickboxer, John claude Van Damme dangerous. I'm not kidding. That's how dangerous this team could be if they just avoid the walks by these starters. Because you see what Molly can do. You see what Castillo can do when he only walked one batter. Sonny Gray, four walks, op- uh, not opening day, his first start as a red. Now today, no walks, six strikeouts. Sonny Gray gets my number one on the good things list. Who gets number two? Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh, wait, you know what else I forgot to tell you guys? Suarez hit a home run. Yeah, man. Suarez hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth. And it was a, uh, like a, well, I wouldn't say it was a moonshot, but it barely came in the foul, inside of the foul pool. Kind of crazy. But gosh darn, Suarez has some funky power. So I'm hoping he puts a 40, 40 knot on the board this year for home runs. Hope he represents the Reds as an all-star again, too. Anyway, so that's basically who gets our number three star. But I want to go to Jesse Winker. He was on base three times today, my friends. One for two with two runs and two walks. And the fact that he's getting on three times changes the entire complexity of the offense. Now, you could say that Puig, Wild Horse, should be on that good things. And I will put him on the good things. We'll extend it to four. Because Puig, my friend, was only one for four, but I think they need to extend him. I think they need to sign him up and forget about right field for a few years. They don't have any right fielders coming up in the pipeline. Taylor Trammell's more of a left fielder. I could go on. Uh, Stuart Fairchild's more of a left fielder, center fielder. Stuart Fairchild, by the way, is going to be a special hitter. He's going to be like, I don't know, man. He's just going to be like a guy, uh, 300 hitter, 360 on base percentage guy, maybe even 400. Stuart Fairchild's awesome. He's going to probably start out hitting 15, 18 home runs a year, but he's going to eventually be a 30 home run guy. 100 runs, 100 RBIs. This guy is going to be amazing. So they don't really have a lot of right fielders coming up. They got a few center fielders coming up, and Taylor Trammell's not it. I think the guy's name is Mike Ciani. He actually got his little brother, who might even be better than him, in the uh, draft this year. And you might look out for the Reds picking the younger Ciani, too. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing the name right, but that Mike Ciani, that guy's got some wheels, man. He's probably going to be more of a better-hitting Drew Stubbs. Got some real good wheels, good defensive center fielder, and I think he's got a pretty formidable bat. I don't think he's ever going to develop Superman power or anything, but uh, you know, I know that Stubbs, I think, hit 20 home runs that one year, but let's get off this crazy train. I'm just telling you about they need to lock up Puig, okay? So back to the game on the good things. So, 
Where do we go on the good things list? We had Sunny Gray number one. Number th- four, we got Puig. Number three, we was gonna put Suarez. Winker's number two. Well, Suarez now has is tied with Derek Dietrich with three home runs to lead the team. So, to make a long story short on this deal, Suarez looks like he's got his power stroke back. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm hoping he hits 40 home runs, like I said. I'm hoping Puig smacks 40 because they got these short. Did you guys hear Thom Brenneman calling the uh, first row of the outfield Hades? Anyway, Puig has got Hades all the way in the outfield to be hitting some home runs. So anyways, let's get to the bad things. I'm going to lead off with Jesse Winker. Not that he's leading off. He is leading off. Playing center field. They got to get Jesse Winker out of center field. Even though that was an awesome Randy Moss, uh, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, you know, Sammy Watkins, whoever, Odell Beckham Jr., catch. Jesse Winker doesn't belong in the center field. And sooner or later, it's going to catch up to him. I think they really need to find a center fielder. And uh, Kevin Pillar, I thought, was a good answer. I'm going to have to look up his stats and what he sees he's doing for San Francisco. But he was available, and he could have covered a lot of ground, and I think he would have brought some extra base hits to the Reds. But they're going to have to figure out something. But I will tell you this. Back to the uh, outfielders in the pipeline, they do have some other outfielders coming up. You know, so it's just a matter of, developing these guys and making sure they're going to be good hitters. That Aquino, that guy can play center field pretty good. And he's got some monster power, too. That guy's got a 30-40 home run bat. It's all a matter of him being able to connect on the baseball and hit and hit for a good enough average to play. Uh, they got some other guys down there, too. You know, I'm not looking at my list. I'm just going off of memory, my friends, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so what else is the bad things? I don't really know. There's not a lot of bad things to hang on this team uh, versus this game. But I want you to all realize one thing. This is the Marlins. So if the Reds go down and they take care of business against the Cardinals, who I cannot stand, then I think the Reds have turned the corner. But if they go down there and they get, you know, just annihilated or not even competing or losing against another manager like David Bell has been outmanaged before, it's just going to be more frustrating. So I don't want you guys to come off this super high about how you swept the fish. Let me tell you something, man. You know how Tom Cruise and Rain Man told Dustin Hoffman that Kmart sucks? The Marlins suck. That's all I'm going to say about that. So where do we go from here? Well, we're not going to Mexico, but the Reds are. So, what can the Reds do to improve? I've already said it. They're bringing up Irvin for this uh, Mexico series. I'm telling you, they need to leave Phil Irvin on the plane to go back home to Cincinnati or wherever they're going after they leave Mexico. That's all I'm going to say about that, about Phil Irvin. You know what else I got to say about Phil Irvin? If they could just find a trading partner for Scott Schebler and they wanted to throw Phil Irvin out there for the first two months of the season, man, do you realize I think we'd have like a guy who has 10 home runs, probably 30, 35 RBIs, 270 hitter. He'd probably have this great athlete. 
Uh, Phil Irvin, when he first drafted, I was so angry that the Reds didn't draft Aaron Judge. And don't say I'm a Monday morning quarterback. I watched that draft. Aaron Judge was in the Major League Baseball studios. He was the next uh, outfielder drafted after Phil Irvin. I thought that the Reds were going to draft Aaron Judge, because, especially when they said outfielder. I was like, we're getting Aaron Judge. And then all of a sudden they say Philip Irvin from whatever his college starts with a C. Apparently he had a really good uh, Cape Cod League, and that's a uh, wooden baseball bat league. Anyway, to make a long story short, I watched from day one that Phil Irvin was picked. And why I was really sad they didn't get Aaron Judge, and I thought it was a major, 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 major mistake. And I'm not talking about, you know, not picking Mike Trout or something like that. We're talking about the fact that they're at the Major League Baseball Network studios. They had all those players. Aaron Judge was there. Phil Irvin wasn't. And if you're picking an outfielder, the guy in the room to pick is Aaron Judge. And I'm not even saying I wanted Aaron Judge. I'm saying Aaron Judge was there, and I think... I was like, man, we're going to get Aaron Judge. He wasn't even on my like list of wants. Well, I, I take that back. He was, but it wasn't like I was like super pro Aaron Judge because I didn't even think Aaron Judge would be there, if you're following what I'm saying. I'm watching this MLB draft, and Phil Irvin gets picked. He's not even there. Do you get my point? Never mind. It's probably over your head. Anyway, back to the Reds line podcast game recap. Reds won five to nothing. What can they do to improve the roster? Well, I really think they need another starter. They need a center fielder. The slim pickings, my friends, are out there right now. Got to get creative. Still hoping they bring back Connor Joe. And I know you're going to say, well, Jared, pick one. Phil Irvin or Connor Joe? Well, you know what? I would take Connor Joe because what they really need to do is trade an outfielder, get rid of a reliever, send one down, and then they can have both Connor Joe and Phil Irvin. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Red's Line. We're about to take you back to your regularly scheduled programming, but I don't know how to end the show. It's really hard. You can't think of all these catchy catchphrases to even say. I wish I had the ability. I don't know. So I think I'll just go off and say, F you, Chuck Norris.